Good morning. morning. It's good to be here. Joy to the whole world. Indeed, it's a good time that we get to hear the word of God, even as we get to know this good news of great joy the Lord has given to us. A warm welcome to those who are joining us online. We are glad that you're with us and also want to welcome those who are joining us uh, in the video overflow and the family overflow behind me. Indeed, it's a good time to be here. A special welcome again to those who are joining us for the very first time here. Uh, My name is Daniel, and I'm one of the pastors here. I want us to pray so that we may dive into the Word of God and hear what the Word of God has for us. Let's pray. Lord, we come to you this morning with our hearts full of gratitude. Uh, With our spirit, Lord, and our minds and everything that we have, in humility, knowing that uh, what you have done for us, nobody else could have done that for us, Lord. And so, God, we are grateful. And just like David says that uh, in a dry and weary land where there is no water, still I will choose to be with you, God. I will be with you even when things do not make sense. I pray the Lord, this word, Lord, may strengthen that faith for each and every one of us, especially during this season, oh God, to know and to answer this question. Indeed, this is good news of great joy. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. In the early mornings of 1st August 1982, is a morning and it is a day that most Kenyans will never forget. This is a day when, in the history of Kenya, when things changed and really changed the political atmosphere of Kenya. Something was happening, an event was happening. And at the center of this event is a man, a man who was very well known in every household of Kenya those times, especially those who had radio. Because this is a man who was a radio personality. This was a journalist that everyone knew his voice. When he spoke, you know who was speaking. This man, this morning, while he was sleeping, he had commotions outside his house. And so he was asking and they were asking together with the wife, what could this be happening? And immediately that followed with a very loud knock on the door. To watch, he goes to open, and to his surprise, there are men who are armed with military attire. And one man is pointing a gun on his head, and he told him, you have three minutes to go inside, change, and come with us. This man is Leonard Mambo Mbotella. And he walks inside the house and tells the wife, this man wants me to go with them. I do not know whether I'm going to come back, pray for me. And so he follows this man, and they go to where he works. He works in a state-owned broadcasting corporation, which was known as Voice of Kenya, or VOK. And he goes inside the studio, to which apparently to him, he knows that this is an attempt to overthrow the government, or what we call a coup. And so with a gun on his head, he's told to read an announcement that was written while he was there. Part of the announcement said that this is Leonard Mambo Mbotella. I come to you from Nairobi. This is the voice of Kenya. The government of President Daniel, not me, 
Daniel Toroitich, Arab Moy has been overthrown. And the government now belongs to the armed forces. All the policemen now are civilians and everyone should remain home. No one should be found loitering. That message sent shockwaves all over Kenya, especially for those who were there. Well, that never lasted long. Because immediately, in fact, a soldier came running towards the studio, trying to breathe, panting, saying, we are under attack. And the, the leader asked by who, he said, by the Kenya, uh, the Kenya army. You see, the Kenya army were coming and these guys were uh, with the Kenya Air Force. Apparently, they were not together in this plan. And so the Kenya army came to rescue the situation. Now, Leonard Mambo Botella, as he gives the story, he says he was almost killed or shot. And so he said, no, no, it's me. I'm Leonard Mambo Botella, when everybody had gone out of the studio. And so the soldier knew him because he had the voice. And he told, him, he told him, we are actually looking for you. Come with us to the studio. You need to make another announcement. <laughs> so he goes into the studio and the major comes and writes something down and tells him, you need to announce this announcement. And so Leonard Mambombotella says, this is Leonard Mambombotella. I come to you from Nairobi. This is the voice of Kenya. What I had said, just kidding, no, I didn't say that, but he said the, the government of the president then, Daniel Toroitich Arab Moy, is still in power. And those who try to overthrow it and have been distinguished. So be peaceful, remain there, and do not move out of the house. Now, those who had those two announcements, it was both confusing and it was also hopeful but more confusing. This was 1982. This was also the year that I was born. Stop calculating my age. <laughs> and I was still young. So I didn't know what was going on. But we, I heard this story from my parents who told me that how anxious they were. You see, good news shape our hearts towards Bad news shape our hearts towards anxiety. You see, both good news and bad news shape our hearts differently. That is why this morning, this day, we have this good news of great joy that changed the very cause of human history, that transformed the whole world. This message that was given to the shepherds. This is what the Bible says in Luke chapter 2 from verse 8 to 14. Turn with me there or you can read together with me. This amazing portion of scripture says, And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And an angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be, the, will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and laying in a manger. 
And suddenly there was with the angels a multitude of the heavenly host praising God saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. And that is the word of God. In this text we are going to see three things. Number one, we are going to see the presence where we see the angel comes to visit the shepherd or the shepherds. And there is that presence of the Lord because scripture says, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. Number two, we are going to see the announcement. In the announcement, there is a message. In the message, there is a gift. Number three, we are going to see the response that is there because the angels, when they hear this, there is praise. They respond in praise. But even as we look at this text, the question then for us is why is this good news of great joy? That is the question we want to answer as we go through this uh, portion of, uh, of scripture. And so we go to the first thing, which is the presence. This unexpected guest come, verses eight and nine, you see the shepherds are just walking. They're out in the field doing what they used to do. And all of a sudden, there is an angel who comes to bring them a message. Why these shepherds? The question is there. Why not anyone else? This is an important announcement. Why did God choose to use these shepherds? You see, shepherds, when you look at and think about shepherds, facts about them is they are ordinary men. These shepherds were not high-ranking individuals. You know, they, they were the lowest in the social status. In the cultural context of that time, they were often looked down upon because of their occupation, which required them to spend a lot of time outside. These are guys who were excluded from ceremonies. In the city that they were, this was a place where animals or the animals that were supposed to be sacrificed came from. And the people who are looking after these animals have been excluded from being part of this ceremony. So they were the lowest in the social status. They were a symbol of the lowly. They did not belong. You would say they were outcasts. They were the underdogs. You see, when you spend time with animals a lot of time, probably you will end up smelling like could that be the reason? These are people that nobody wanted to associate with. But God in his infinite wisdom, he chooses to use this man. He chooses to use these individuals who are not accepted in the social status of everyone, in the standards of everyone. You see, God, when you go back to the Old Testament, you see a pattern that God, actually, this is not the very first time that God is using shepherds. He has used them. Which character comes to mind when you think about someone in the Old Testament who was a shepherd? David, yes, actually, because David is part of this scripture. David, especially when he was being anointed as king, the man who was to be compared to David was who? He was Saul. Saul is described in 1 Samuel chapter 9 as a man who was tall, as a man who was wealthy, as a man who was, he was handsome and he was, he had everything. 
maybe a mound want. And he is the standard when we think about the person to compare. And so it is obvious for Samuel, who has been appointed by God to go look for a king to anoint. In his mind, in the mind of people, because Saul was the, the king of the people, but he was rejected by God. And so when Samuel goes and sees the firstborn of Jesse, he said, surely behold in front of you is the anointed one. But the Bible says that God rejected him and said, no, he is not the one that I'm looking for. Because do not look on his appearance or on his height or stature because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as man sees. You see, man sees at the outside appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. That's the idea. That is why I want to bring this out for us to see that the way we think is not the way God thinks. Our standard is not God's standard. And so this starts to make more sense when we ask ourselves why this is good news. Because in the first place, he is going to the shepherds. He's going to those who do not belong for them to know that this message is for everyone. Think for a minute with me. When you want to push a product, when you want to market something, when you want something to be known, those who are in the corporate world, when you want to market something, who do you go for? Who do you use? Apparently, in our world today, we will go to those we call the influencers. You know, influencers are becoming, it's becoming like a career right now. You will go to the sports personalities. You would go to those with a voice. You would go to those people who would listen and say, yes, that which would be effective. If I was a PR campaign manager of Jesus in those days. I would go to the religious leaders. I would have gone to the king. I would have gone to the Pharisees or the Sadducees, those who had a voice. Yet God does not go to those people. He comes to the shepherds. The point is this, that Jesus is not just coming to the elite. Jesus Christ is not just coming to the influencers or the high rollers. He's coming to the meek. He comes to those who are not accepted. To mean that God uses individuals in humble positions within society to show that this message is meant for everyone, regardless of their background. In fact, in John chapter 10, Jesus says to himself that I am the good shepherd. You see, God can use anyone. That is good news. He can use you. He can use me. That becomes good news. But what is in this good news that makes it good? So we go to the announcement. The announcement, there is a message. In the message, there is a gift. Verse 10 and 12 says, this is a proclamation, says, And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day. It is like current news, whatever was happening. It's like God was excited that I want you to know what is actually happening. 
Say, this day is born, this day in the city of David, a savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and laying in a manger. The first thing the angel tells them, fear not. Obviously, they are fearful. It's in the middle of the night and an angel comes. What would you do? Can you imagine running down the beach very early in the morning and something like that happens? You fear. Or because we're in Dubai, you say anything is possible in Dubai. But you would fear. And they were fearful. And so he gives them reason why they should not fear. He tells them he's brought a message of good news. He's brought a message of good news of great joy. The word good news is also translated into Greek word which we say euangelion. Euangelion means the gospel. This term was used in those days when they had it, they understood what was going on because this term was used to announce significant events, especially those related to emperor or state. You see, when the war was won, they would give an announcement, euangelion, the gospel was heard all over. And so their hearts should not be troubled because there was good news. You see, in the gospel of Luke, this good news is centered on the birth, the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That is why this is good news. And so as they hear this, they understand what actually is happening. Because it declares the arrival of the king of God, or the kingdom of God. And the opportunity for a reconciliation. Reconciliation is a process of restoring. It is when we, a relationship is repaired. It is repaired because man and God, there was enmity because of sin. But Jesus Christ is coming, bringing in this good news of great joy. This is also a message for all people. And lastly, this angel did not come with a message of judgment. He came with a message of peace. Now that word peace, I want you to put a pin on it. We are going to come back to it. But even as we think about the gospel, it is also good to know that we all come from different cultures and we view things differently. But it is important that even as we go through this series that we are going to be looking at all these three different cultures. You either come from an innocent guilt culture, you either come from an honor-shame culture, or you either come from a power and fear culture. And the gospel still speaks to that. Well, my aim today is not to dive into this, but to say it that, for example, when you think about an innocent guilt culture, Jesus has paid the price for our guilt and declares us innocent. So it doesn't matter where we come from. Every corner of this world, the gospel is still true and powerful for us to see it. Yet the question, is this good news to you? Is this good news to you? Let's look at what it says and the titles of this child. Number one, savior. Savior, why did they need a savior? Why do we need a savior? Why is Jesus a savior for us? Now, hear me say this. God is able to heal our diseases. 
God is able to mend our broken relationship, whether it's our marriages. God is able to provide for us financial needs. God is able to do all these things, but I believe with all of my heart, those are just symptoms of a greater problem. And the greater problem we have is sin. And that's why Jesus came to save us from a sin problem. The problem we have as humanity is not lack of peace. It's not lack of all these things. The problem we have at the core of it is sin. For the wages of sin is death. That is why the Savior came. Matthew chapter 1 verses 21 says that he will save people from their sin. The beginning of John chapter 1, the Bible says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. That is why Jesus came. And so the question is, who is Jesus to you? Is Jesus just a person you go to when you need something? Is Jesus to you an ATM machine? Is Jesus to you you go to when everything is wrong? Who is Jesus to you? You see, the Savior, as he is his title, is a source of salvation and redemption. He's the one who provides forgiveness of sin and reconciles humanity with God. You remember that word, reconciliation? Yes, we have been reconciled. We are being reconciled to God. This title highlights his work of atonement. Atonement then, which means that where he offers himself as a sacrifice to bring about forgiveness. And that word again, reconciliation. The other title is Christ. Christ. You see, scripture there says, For unto you is born in this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ. Christ is also known as the Messiah. These two words means the anointed one, meaning that it, he has a specific duty. There is a reason why he came. The title Christ carries the connotation of a king or ruler who is divinely appointed and anointed for a specific purpose. The one who is set apart to do that which we can never do for ourselves. And the third one is Lord. The word Lord signifies his divine authority, his sovereignty, and his rulership over all creation. It is a recognition of Jesus as the ultimate authority, the one who possesses divine power and lordship. You see, for early Christians... The believers calling Jesus Lord was a confession of faith because they recognized his supreme authority. They understood when they say Lord what that means to them. It implies submission, obedience, and reverence to him because he was the divine Lord and master. In Swahili where we come from, we say the word Lord is buana. What we are saying that he is above everything else. He is in charge. He is a ruler. Obviously, Buana is also known as a husband. My wife would say that Daniel is my Buana. 
that is not an excuse for all the husbands here to go home and say we need to be calling ourselves that way. But it implies for us to see the point that Jesus is in charge. He is the ruler. He is the one who leads and we follow him. And we know him. So therefore, to those who were anticipating the coming of the Savior, who is Christ the Lord, this was amazing news. This was amazing news for them. It was good news that brought a lot of joy. And two reasons why this meant this way is because, number one, it is a fulfillment of prophecy. It is a fulfillment of prophecy. For example, in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, The promise of the seed of a woman points to a future figure who will crush the serpent's head, signifying victory over sin and evil. Prophets like Isaiah had foretold the coming of of the Messiah who would bring salvation and joy to the whole world. So this is a fulfillment of a prophecy. Number two, it is hope and redemption for them. That's why this is good news. Because there is hope. You see, redemption refers to an act of saving or being saved from something indescribable. So we have been redeemed. You see, the birth of Jesus Christ represents the dawn of a new era of hope and redemption. For the world burdened by sin and longing for salvation, the arrival of the Messiah was indeed good news with great joy. This week I was speaking to uh, Emily, who is one of our staff members. She comes from a small country which is smaller than UAE, uh, El Salvador. The president there, who is known as Nayib Bukele, has become in the five years a beacon of hope for the things he has done in the short time that he's been there. Normally when you talk about these political figures, people have differences in how they look at them. But the point I bring here is the way I saw her face when she talked about this young president and what is going on in that Latin world where things are changing now and they are looking at this president, all these countries, whether it is Cuba and Colombia. They look at this young president as one who is bringing hope that crime has gone down, that economy is improving, yet this is a man who is not perfect. Not so ever, I'm not comparing this with Jesus Christ, but can you see that ultimately the one who gives us hope beyond our imagination is Christ Jesus, who was a man and who was God at the same time. And so even when you look at hope, we see that this is good news because there is hope and redemption. And so as we come to understand even more, let's even look at how Jesus comes and how he's presented. When you think about a gift, when you think about receiving and giving gifts, whether it is a birthday, whether it is anniversary, whatever it is, we think about how the the gift is wrapped. Sometimes the gift is wrapped better than the gift inside. (laughs) Being so excited about receiving a gift You open, oh, thank you. (laughs) But how does Jesus come? Man, every time I read this, it just does something to my heart. Jesus is wrapped in humility. 
The king of kings is wrapped in humility. He's wrapped in swaddling clothes. You see, in the cultural context of the time, these clothes, was, it was a common practice to do this, to give warmth for this infant. These clothes that Jesus was wrapped in underscores the humanity and emphasizes that he entered the world as a vulnerable, ordinary baby. We're not talking about any other child. We're talking about a God in heaven. He was also laying in a manger. You see, placing Jesus in a manger emphasizes the humble and the lowly circumstances surrounding his birth. It is significant that the King of kings, the Lord of lords, Christ, the Son of God, that the firstborn of all created things, that everything around him, he has created. This king did not come and was not born in a palace. He was not born in a grand setting. But in a place associated with animals. That is how Jesus came. You see the choice of location echoes themes of humanity and simplicity. Reinforcing the idea that Jesus came to identify with humanity. He came to identify with us. These two things highlight three things. They highlight Jesus' humility. They highlight Jesus' vulnerability. They highlight Jesus' accessibility. That we can access him. That we can have him. King of kings came to be with us humans. I want that to settle in your heart as we think about this season that this is how a God came to be with us humans. These details contribute to the overarching message of the Savior has come to identify with humanity, meeting people at their most basic and ordinary experiences. One amazing theologian from North Africa, Alexandria, many, many years ago wrote this. His name is Athanasius. He says, he became what we are, that he might make us what he is. He became like us, so that he may make us what he is. In fact, the Bible says that he who had no sin became sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. This is good news. Not for the wrong reasons, but for the right reasons. Yes, we need to be excited about making merry. But sometimes it's good just to relax and think, why is this good news? Jesus became what we are so that he can make us what he is by grace. And so you can see why the angels are responding the way they're responding. The last part is the praise. They are responding to this message. Verse 13 actually begins by saying, suddenly, suddenly when they heard what was happening, they started praising God. They started praising God. I can imagine these angels are there. These are 
heavenly beings who do not need salvation like we do. But when they hear what God has done, when they hear that God the Son did not consider equality with man something to be grasped about, but he humbled himself and he became human. He came into this world. They couldn't help but just praise the Lord. The Bible says there, and the words are, they say, glory to God in the highest. You see, this statement emphasizes the ultimate purpose of Jesus' birth. What is this purpose? To bring glory to God. That is why we come together. That is why we gather together. That is why we sing. Brothers and sisters, this is not about us. It is about him. You know, I hear statements like you leave a service and you go, ah, today I, I did not feel blessed. Those songs did not touch my heart. <laughs> Especially the sermon. <laughs> Sometimes we make this about us, you know? We come with our own expectations. Yes, as pastors, as worship leaders, we need to be faithful to present what the word of God says. But remember, it is not about us. Hear this statement. That this was an act of God for God by God because of God so that men could see God. Can we say that together? One, two, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> hold up, hold up, hold up. One, two, three. This was an act of God for God by God because of God so that men see God. It's not about us. This season, it's about him. He gets all the glory. He gets all the glory. I say that again. He gets all the glory. Heaven was rejoicing. In Latin, they say, Soli Dio Gloria, for the glory of God alone. The other statement there, which is amazing, is on earth peace. You remember the peace I talked about? Let's talk about it here. He says this proclamation of peace is not merely the absence of conflict, but signifies reconciliation with God. Again, let me say this. We were enemies of God. We had fallen short of the glory of God. Because of sin, we could not be where God is because God is a holy God. But the coming of Jesus signifies that there is going to be reconciliation. This is what Paul says in Romans 5.1. He says, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with? We have peace with God. The word there, justified, means we have been declared not guilty. We have been declared just. We have been declared right with God. It communicates the profound impact of Jesus' birth on humanity, bringing peace through the forgiveness of sin and restoration of right relationship with God. Therefore, the angels, when they see this, they praise God and they glorify God for what he has done. This is good news of great joy. Is it good news of great joy to you? Is it? I pray that it is. But even as we go today, the way I want us and pray that we should respond 
is number one is to embrace. Is to embrace the good news as a gift from a gracious God. To embrace it. Number two is to express. To express gratitude and praise in your daily lives by giving God the glory during this season. Everything God does, he does for himself. Everything then we do, we do for him, for his glory. And lastly, is to share the message of God's grace and peace with others. Again, we've been privileged, as Aaron said, to live in this amazing city of Dubai. Many do not know this God. We have an honor to share, to invite them for Christmas Eve, to invite them to come to church, to tell them about this news of God's grace. This announcement, this news changed the very cause of human history. It transformed, it shaped, and has shaped many hearts. Has it changed you? Has it transformed you? Do you know the Savior, Christ the Lord? You see, God can do and can use anyone, and this message is actually for everyone. You see, we have a gift by grace, and this gift is none other than Jesus Christ himself. And so we then praise him in response for what he continues to do in our lives. My prayer is that this word may find a place in your heart. Not only just to hear this word. You know the way the word says that be doers of the word of God. To reflect on the goodness of what God has done. And to actually confidently say, this is good news of great joy. Let's pray. To you, our Heavenly Father, to you, our God and our Savior, we come. We come with humble hearts, we come with broken hearts. For we are mere men who are broken and we are sinful. And we come to you because you love us with an unconditional love. That by your grace, God, you have called us to yourself. And we thank you for this amazing message of the gospel. That Jesus, you came and you identify with us. Your word says in the book of Hebrews, for we do not have a high priest who does not sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who was tempted in every way, yet without sin. To you, God, we look. And we know that you not only hear our prayers, but Father, you answer our prayers. In this season, Lord, may you show yourself strong in our hearts that we may declare in our hearts that indeed this is good news of great joy. We thank you so much that as we do this, Lord, you alone may receive all the praise and all the glory. For we cannot do this without you. We need you, Jesus. We need you in our hearts. I pray for someone here who does not know you, that they will come to a realization of your saving grace, God. That as we go out there to celebrate, to make merry, we will pause and consider that this is about you. This is for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.